Hello, everybody. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20, which are the last four verses in the whole book. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Second reading is from 2 Peter, chapter 3, reading from the first verse. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I've written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Saviour through your apostles. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of the creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, The heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word the present heavens and earth are preserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Well, you might like to, uh, you might like to keep that passage open as we, uh, as we look through things this morning. Uh, we are... Oh, hang on, I'm playing that game where the uh, cable is caught around the, around the thing. No one ever wins that game, do they? No. We are in the, the last week of our vision month at the moment. Uh, November is always when we think about what our church does, who we are and what we're about. And this month we've been uh, going through a course called Belong, which is a course we're putting together for people who are new to our church, thinking about how can we help people who are new to our church become part of our family, actually really belong in our church. Uh, Now, uh, if you've missed a few weeks, let me just remind you, my memory is terrible. So the first week we talked about what is a Christian. And we, we talked about it in this way. A Christian is a forgiven follower of Jesus. We're forgiven by Jesus' death on the cross. And then we follow him as our king and our saviour. And as our leader in life, he is everything to us. We then talked about, well, what is our church? What, what's going on with that? Uh, and as we looked at the Bible, we saw that we are God's spirit-called local family in Jesus. We are the place that people come uh, when they want to meet God or they, uh, they want to worship him, the, us as a people. Not the building, but us as a people. 
Last week we talked about growing disciples uh, and we saw that God's word teaches us that we want to present all people mature in Christ when Jesus returns. That's, that is what we're aiming for. Because this is our big picture goal. We want to see lives west of the river transformed through Jesus to his glory. As I said last week, we talked about uh, growing disciples. Well, to grow something, you've actually got to make it in the first place, don't you? You've got to make disciples, and this week we're thinking about making disciples. Now, as, you, as most of you know, I like to uh, start people off with a bit of a, bit of a brain warm-up, a bit of a thinking question. So your thinking question this week is this. What is the craziest end-of-the-world theory you've heard? So I want, to, I want to give you uh, 30 seconds to talk to the people around you about that. Go. All right, I can hear a few conspiracy theories out there, it's fantastic. Uh, I should start by telling you that I, uh, uh, some years ago, had a little bit of time off and I, I went to visit this church a couple of weeks in a row and they, they put me next to another new guy and uh, after church he just started talking to me about the Illuminati straight away and it just, <laughs> I was like, how do I get out of here? <laughs> so, so tell me, what's, what's the craziest end of the world theory you've heard? I want to hear some, come on. Mimes. Raspberry flavored jelly. Pink ooze. Oh, pink ooze. All oh, right, okay. No custard. Disappointing. If you're going to have raspberry flavored jelly, you need to have custard with it. It's important. Peter. Yeah. 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 Wow. Fifteen twenty-one. I've I've got to get a DeLorean and go back to fifteen twenty-one and see. Okay, that's 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 interesting. It's all happened before. Okay. What other? Has anyone else got one for us, Bob? Wow. Wow. I think what happened was that all the planets aligned and Van Halen released the best album that they'd ever released. <laughs> that's, that's, I missed something, didn't I? Okay, Sophia, have you got one last one for us? 
Y2K. <laughs> How many billion dollars of IT development did we dump into that? <laughs> did anyone work on the ITK, Y2K bug here? No? I've, there you go. Interesting. Oh, you did, did you? Fun times. Well, I reckon this... Okay, my, my personal favourite for the craziest end of the world theory is actually from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Who's read this book? If you haven't read it, I highly suggest it. It's incredibly silly. Um, and the reason the world is destroyed there is for an intergalactic um, bypass. So basically, it gives people in spaceships a faster freeway. That's, that's the, the, the whole idea of the book. That's why the world would end. Now, we actually today are going to be talking about the end of the world. We're going to be talking about Jesus' instructions and we're going to be talking about the fact that we're not left alone. So let's talk about the end of the world first. Uh, Ray just read to us from 2 Peter chapter 3 uh, and um, Peter is talking to the early church there and he says to them, Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I, I was joking with uh, people at staff meeting this week that that means they didn't listen to the first one. But um, maybe I'm wrong on that. He says to them, I've written to you both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. Now, why do we need this? Well, because verse 3 says this. Above all, you must understand in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming? Jesus promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Nothing's changing. It's the same as 1521. I wasn't there, so maybe they're right. But he goes on to say, but they deliberately forget. They deliberately forget. Now, me personally, I don't deliberately forget. I accidentally forget everything. But he's saying, no, people will deliberately put out of their mind that things are going to change. The world is going to end. And in verse 7, he talks about how it will end. He says, by God's word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. I have to say, as a country, Australians don't take anything spiritually particularly seriously, do they? Uh, a great example of that is Zombie Jesus. Is, who's heard of Zombie Jesus here? The, the meme? No? A few people? It seems to sort of pop up around Easter, you know, which is to say Jesus didn't really rise from the dead and he was just a zombie. Uh, there's a bit of an obsession with zombies at the moment. Um, zombie video games, one of my sons was showing me in a, in a shop yesterday. The point being that people will ignore warnings. Ignore warnings all the time. As a child and teenager, I constantly ignored my parents' warnings and had many scars as a, as a sort of um, a, a consequence of that. But there can be more serious things than that. So let me talk to you quickly about the Boxing Day tsunami of 2004. Does, does anyone remember this? It was terrible. Millions of people lost their lives or their livelihoods. And if I'm to understand things correctly, the Indonesian government had warning. They were told by this fella, Samoth, I won't try his surname because I'll just mangle it. 
he was warned that there was a, he warned them that there was a tsunami coming and the indonesian government didn't take it seriously they didn't take it seriously and millions of people lost their lives and that's the urgency of the situation that we find ourselves in it's not like ah yeah it'll be all good it's fine no worries you know all those australianisms no there's a coming judgment jesus is going to return and as we talked about last week when he returns we will have to stand before his judgment seat all of us now you and i here following jesus if we follow jesus we are okay we know what to say to him okay but others are in peril Peter says that they are reserved for judgment and destruction if they don't know him. Now this, I don't know about you, but this, this lies heavily on my heart. I know many people in our area or in other places who don't know Jesus who ignore him. Australian culture is in denial about God. But this world can't continue as it is. It can't. There will be a day when Jesus returns. When's it going to happen? Well, Peter says this. Do not forget one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Here's the good news, though. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. So the reason that God is taking his time and not sending Jesus back quicker is so that as many people as possible will have the chance to acknowledge Jesus, turn back to him and be saved. So that's the urgency of the situation, but that's the good news of it as well. Now, for those of us who are saved, what does Jesus want us to do while he's being patient? What does he mean us to do? Well, let's talk about Jesus' instructions. Now, I've got a quick question for you. Uh, do you have any famous last words? I mean, not for you personally, but you've heard other people's kind of famous last words that you've enjoyed. Have a chat with the person next to you, 30 seconds, and then I want to hear some. All right, what have we got? Have we got some? We've got some famous last word stories. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? That's a good one. Has anyone got another one for us? We'll talk about this. Do you know he actually didn't say that? That was the papers that wrote that. He said it in court but he didn't say it on the thing. The last, his last recorded words were, this is a nice little garden. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Brett, have we got one? Sorry, Vic. I'll talk to you about it later. It's an issue. Ned Kelly's a very, very interesting snapshot of Australia. But yes, Brett. 
What's the point? What's the point? Wow, so good, so good. So let me take you to old Blue Eyes. Does anyone know what his famous last words were? It's kind of close. He says, I'm losing. That's tragic, isn't it? It's tragic that a man who was so incredibly successful, the best thing that he had to say as he was passing out of this life was, I'm losing. Surely we've got a better answer than that. Now, why do I say what talk about talk to you about last words? Because I want us to think about what Jesus' last words were. If we go to Matthew 28, we find Jesus' last words as recorded by Matthew. So Matthew's a very close friend of Jesus, one of his tightest disciples, and um, these are the things that he, he wants us to understand were the last things that Jesus said before he ascended into heaven. So this is after the resurrection. He gets everyone together in Galilee on a mountaintop. They're all, uh, I would say they're all good. They're not. Some of them are like, what's going on here? I don't understand. And this is what he says. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. So what are Jesus' instructions to us? The last thing that he asks us as followers to do is to make disciples of all nations. Now, admittedly, in the Hawkesbury, there aren't that many nations at the moment, although I suspect there'll be more in the future because it's a bit cheaper out here. But that's his expectation, that we would show more people how to follow him. That is what our church is about. That is one of the key things that we do. We want as many people as possible ready for Jesus' return. We want this building overflowing not just on Christmas Day. We want it overflowing each week because we aim to make and grow disciples. And as key, one of our areas in our church that we take very seriously is connecting with our local area. Now, I know lots of you guys are in conversations with people about Jesus and sharing your faith. And can I tell you, that is the, that is the key thing. That is more important than pretty much anything else we do. We do some other stuff as well. So one of the things we do is to get involved with local community events like Christmas at Red Bank and at Bowen Mountain. Uh, scripture in schools. If, if you are thinking, man, I wish I had a chance to tell 20 to 30 people a week about Jesus in one half an hour sitting... They are keen as mustard. They love it. You should have seen them at the Scripture Assembly the other day. Get involved in Scripture in schools. It's a great thing. Just Moved is another ministry that uh, Robbie looks after where we get into contact with people who are new to this area. It's an exciting thing. And what we're hoping is that people will come to our church, um, get involved with things, get to know us a little bit, and then if they don't know Jesus come along to our gospel course, which is called Explaining Christianity. Now, in that course, you get to read all the way through Mark's story of Jesus' life and you get to ask Robbie any questions you like. 
That's a loaded gun, isn't it? But even still, it's a good thing because we want you to know and understand Jesus' love and forgiveness. Now, if you've been part of our church family for a while, you might be thinking, well, what sort of numbers are we talking about? How many people are coming along to church? Well, let me tell you. For the past nine months, so from the beginning of the year through to September, 47 people came along to our church. 25 of those people returned. 11 of them came to a welcome meal. Four of them are now in growth groups. Two of them are now serving. And uh, one of those people is actually a new Christian. One of those people is saved. So this is great news. And you might notice, if you like pie, pie charts or just pie, um, that could be the number two pie, um, over here is the amount of people who we might call de-churched. In other words, they didn't really know Jesus. They hadn't really been part of a church before. They make up the biggest number. Really encouraging stuff. I want to uh, encourage you to continue to pray about all that stuff. Now, amongst all of this, I don't know about you, but when people talk to me about making new disciples, I often feel like it's a lot of pressure on me. Oh, man, am I going to be able to do this? What are the words that I'm going to say to people? How am I going to go about that? And I want to encourage you that you are not alone in this. Firstly, we're not alone in terms of being a church together because we all, you know, sort of uh, drop words into people's lives. But actually, Jesus says that he doesn't leave us alone either. So right at the end of Matthew 28 here, he says, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is with us. His spirit is with us. He gives us the right words to say. He gives us the opportunities. Jesus is with us as we share his good news and we share it in his power. So not under our own steam, but because he is with us and helping us to do that. And it is an integral part of everything we do. It's a very important thing. Do you know, lots of churches, they do all these other things really well. They, they, they love God. They're in the Bible. They're, uh, they're sharing life together, you know, as a great community. They're serving together. But this is the one that always falls off the agenda. Or people just don't quite prioritise it. Or they get a little bit cranky if we start doing things and make that the priority. But can I tell you, that is always going to be a priority in our church. We will change things that you might love because Jesus' patience is there so that more and more people can get to know him. We might change songs, for instance. We might change meeting times. We might open the doors when you were used to having them closed. We might say, no more egg sandwiches. And can I tell you, I would be just as sad as you were about that. But we would do that because we want as many people to come and get to know him as possible. And that's Jesus' heart, isn't it? Now, I hope as we've been talking about these things over the last four weeks, you've been really encouraged. Maybe it's just been a great reminder of the basics. Maybe you are newish with us and this has helped you to really understand what our church is about. Now, um, I hope that as other people come and join our church, uh, you might encourage them to come along to this course. Now, obviously, we're not going to do it in church. We're going to be doing it at another time over four weeks. But I want to encourage you to, to say to those people, yeah, this was a really good thing. Go along, learn about what our church is about so that you can belong as well. 
Now, amongst all of this, uh, because uh, as I said to you, this is, um, this is uh, Vision Month in our church, we're also asking you to think about what you might be doing next year as part of our church family. So I mentioned this form to you last week, which uh, talks about serving, but also growth groups, because we wrapped it all into one, because it's a good thing. And uh, I'm going to pray, and as I pray, Liz is going to come up, and then she's going to tell you all of the detail about the administration, because everyone here knows that I am rubbish at detail and administration. So how about we bow our heads? Father God, we thank you so much for your, uh, for your goodness to us, for your patience. Lord, you are going to deal with the evil and the brokenness of our world, but Lord, you do it with patience because you love us and you want so many people to return to you in repentance. Lord, give us the right words. Give us a heart like yours that wants to see so many people coming and joining you. Lord, we pray all of these things in Jesus' name and we pray for the future of your church here. Amen.